Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Ride at Home with Rich. Brought to you by Aqua Systems and GAF Roofing. And now, here's your host, Rich Horace. All right, welcome, welcome to Ride at Home with Rich. Good Saturday afternoon and Yikes, you know, who would have thought winter would be here again? Man, remember that thing about St. Louis? If you don't like the weather, stick around and it'll change. Well, that's kind of what it's doing right now. So got warm. Now it's getting cold again. Hopefully it'll be warm again soon. So when you call in with your questions today, don't ask me about the weather because I really can't help you with that. I wish I could change that for sure. But you can ask me anything about your home. So anything that you have going on about your home, you can call in today right now, 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. So the topics I have on tap for you today, we've got On the Road with Rich, so you can join my travels. And what I see with Mosby every week, I'll run out there with you and tell you some cool stories then I have some key trends in the latest cost versus value report from Remodeler Magazine. There's some interesting things going on and what's kind of climbing and, and helping homeowners. Um, what's the latest in residential zoning and coding? So I've got some info on that. And your kitchen or your bathroom, you know, which should you really remodel first and, and maybe why? So we can talk about all of that and... Everything you need about your home right here, right now. If you have any questions for me today, feel free to call in 314-241-9797. Get on, ask your questions with me. And don't forget also right smack dab in the middle of the show, I'll have my right at home hack today. We've got a DIY gutter cleaning system. Clean your gutters from the ground. So stick around for that too. Again, so let's just get right into, I love my stories. I love getting into things that I've seen and, and what I'm doing running around out there, you know, so so come on the road with Rich right now. And, you know, in this past week, so I visited an actual a radio listener. It was really cool. Um, we had a really good conversation. She, she has some siding that she needs replaced on the front of her home. So I want to thank Cheryl for you know, not only just listening, but, you know, trusting my opinion on everything. So, um, 
she's she's got some uh, Tudor style um, front of the home from 1975, painted masonite with some wood trim boards, and you know had been nursing this along with patches and touch ups for for uh, you know since 1975 really. So so it ha- it's had a good life, um, but you know it definitely could use redone and um, has a lot of damage. And I kind of explained the whole, you know, stripping the existing, getting the right flashing, the proper house wraps. We went through, you know, a whole kind of conversation on how we would get in, you know, and do all of that so that then when we do go to add the the siding and, and the, the style and all that, we're done, we're protected. You know, the house isn't even going to have any issues or leaks or anything going on you know, before we even get the siding put on there. So, you know, in in further examination, once I started, you know, really looking at it after our conversation and, and there was a, a hole in a piece of it. So I got my ladder out. I climbed up there and kind of felt around. And that's when I really realized that, and it's pretty common, you know, in that timeline, 75, the, the, the 70s, the 60s, um, basically, there's there isn't any sheeting behind this siding. So this siding is four by eight panels of like a stucco looked masonite. So back then, a lot of a lot of times when they built, they would just use that siding as the sheeting. Then they put the trim boards over the seams and stuff, caulk it up, call it good, and and there you go. So you know, I, I need to call her back this this coming week and kind of have another conversation about how you strip that siding and how we're going to be down to like the studs and the insulation. And not only is she going to need everything I spoke about, we're also going to need, you know, some new half inch plywood sheeting, which is everyone knows right now, you know, half inch plywood, even the the typical OSB board that they use on the outside of the walls of homes and new construction is is like $45 a sheet or something right now. It, it used to be like 6 to to 9, 10, maybe 11 a sheet. So it's gone up a good four or five times. So, but, you know, this is really, you know, about giving some good, sound, truthful advice um, and really thinking through the whole process and getting – to the proper solution so we're not doing the wrong thing. And, you know, here at Mosby, our, our reputation really depends on all of that. And, of course, like everyone, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. We won't be perfect, but we can we can work as hard as we can and we can strive for excellence. And when you do and, and when you're, you, you're honest and you tell what the whole story and what needs to happen – you know, it doesn't always work out every single time for every single person because you might get into a job that's too big right now or a budget that's, you know, too high right now. And, and that's perfectly fine, but it can lead to great things across the board and happy clients everywhere, you know, for you all the way through. So so I was kind of looking back at a lot of these appointments and I, and I look back at, um, you know, all the, the jobs that I've actually you know, signed with clients for Mosby Building Arts so far this year. And, you know, being that trusted advisor and really delivering the right thing, you know, lo and behold, it leads to repeat business. It leads to clients coming back again, happy, 
great quality projects, not having issues down the road, things like that. So I kind of looked over each month, you know, going back and in, in how many of those jobs are repeat clients. And basically, you know, January, February, you know, over 75% repeat clients. That is remarkable. March was a slower one, um, had a lot more new clients and only about 25% repeat, but it gets back up into the 70s, 75s in April and May. So, you know, basically so far this year, 70% of everything that I've done for Mosby Building Arts is a client that we've performed work for again and again, you know, over the years. So, and the interesting thing too is when you continue to do this, you know, I look back at some of those ones that weren't. So in January, one of one of the newer clients actually had me out in 2019, looked at a new house for them, um, kind of talked about what they were up against remodeling that one. They didn't end up buying that one, bought a different one. Now we're working on it. Um, in February, the, the, the one had another consultant out from Mosby in 2015. And then in March, um, there was another one that had another one of our consultants out in 2014 for the bathroom, and now we're doing that bathroom. So they kind of saved their money, got ready for everything, but even not doing something right away, you know, doing something now. So it's it's quite astonishing when you do all this. So my favorite one is actually in in May, just, just a couple weeks ago, I had a client they had Scott Mosby out in 2013 to look at a project. They had another consultant out in 2015 to look at a project. They had me out in 2017, and now we're back and we're going to do the 2017 project for them this year. They got ready, got prepared, got to the point where they just need to get it done. So even the the the, the newer clients are kind of repeat clients because they, they've had us out, they've had conversations, and they absolutely love everything about us. So, hey, we got to get into our first break. But, you know, when we come back, I want to talk about kind of job cost versus the value report. Um, there's some key trends on how that's running and everything. So we will get into that as soon as we return after this. Okay, Rich here. We are back. We are live. I've got some really cool uh, cost versus value trends. And, you know, outside exteriors is really obviously the trend growing and, and getting there. So on the line, we have Bob. He has a question about, I believe, some roofing material, which falls right into that outside trend and everything so let's go to the phones now we'll do that and then we'll get back to the other stuff so bob are you with us yeah i'm right right there with you rich oh perfect thanks for calling in what's your question i have a question um uh, subdivision i live in uh, most of the homes are about 15 16 years old and i had seen no new uh new roofs have been put on and the other day they put a roof a roof on a, on a house and what they did they take everything off of course which is right but when they went to put on a new roof, and before they went and put a clear plastic over the wood, you know, for the for the house, and around the edge they kept it they kept it back like about ten to twelve inches, and they didn't cover that up at all. They just covered it up with the with the shingles. Really. And the, uh, so it uh, just a clear plastic like they they put across there, hmm. all all over. The, the roof area where normally years ago they put they put it uh, uh, the, the black stuff they put up there 
Yes, uh, yes. Okay. So I don't know. Uh, that's something new somebody's come up with or just something cheaper for for, for putting a, putting a house on. Yes, house there are some newer things, but, but let me ask you real quick, too, because you said it, so it didn't make it all the way down to the bottom of the roof, like to actually reach the fascia in the gutter. They left it up about a foot, and you can yeah. see the plywood yes, there? Yes, sir. Okay, yep. so 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 there are some some newer um, different types of felt paper. So typically, the black stuff you see is felt paper, and they roll it out. It's three foot wide. It comes in like hundred foot rolls, and you roll it and you and you lap it up the roof. Right. So it kind of puts that that barrier there. If any water gets below the shingles, it'll kind of follow that down to your gutter, though, and that's why that goes all the way to the edge. Um, no, they, they left this. Uh, yeah, that's open that's really not right to leave that open but there are newer there there is newer paper that they put on that is a synthetic base Um, i don't know any of it that's clear usually it's still like white or it has writing on it or you know but it does come in about a, a eight or ten foot roll so you're rolling it out it's a lot taller so it takes less you know layers to get up the roof and the paper is synthetic, so it, it holds that water back very, very well, but it also kind of lets the roof breathe from the from the attic out. So if it's truly plastic that they put on there, I would be really concerned that as your as your attic's hot and it's cold outside or vice versa, and, and it's trying to breathe, that you create condensation under that plastic and you end up rotting out the plywood or the OSB sheeting that's underneath it. So hopefully it, it really wasn't plastic and it should have went all the way down to the bottom edge. Yep. All those houses all that. that they did in here, they had another uh, big group of houses. Every one of them had that on there. And it was a foot, a good foot, a foot from the front to, to where the, uh, hmm. and just the, the plastic coating. And it was fairly, it was kind of great, uh, not grayish looking, but it was just kind of like it had speckles in it. So I don't know. Yeah, this real so thin, and, I, and I was synthetic. thinking that that's like having the uh, clear plastic on your on your walls in a basement. Yeah, you know, sweating like that. It, exactly, and not a good thing. So if it was the synthetic stuff, it's fine. It is made for a roof, and even today, you know the the way we do roofs today has changed quite a bit. And at the bottom of that that roof at that gutter line, it's become so important of the ice damming and the things that happens and all the water runs to the bottom. I mean, everything happens at the bottom. So, I mean, we've even grown up in now today of putting a, you know, three foot sticky backed ice and water shield, protect the sheeting, protect the roof line. You know, even if water goes backwards under the shingles, it'll stay on that ice and water shield and come out. So they really need a lot of protection at the bottom edge of that roof. Um, so if that's not there, yeah, that, that roof might not have, you know, the lasting value that a lot of the newer roofs today do. Um, and, you know, typically roofs should last quite a while longer than that, but we always find ourselves into these hailstorms that end up, you know, a lot earlier, needing them a lot sooner. So, you know, 15 to 20 years is pretty normal because of the hail and the things that, you know, happen in our area you know, of the country and everything that kind of destroy our, our asphalt shingles. So, but yeah, I think you're spot on. Don't let them do that to your roof, Bob. Oh no. Oh no. I'll be right on top of them. Yeah. (laughs) 
you find out what they're going to put on your roof before you even sign that paper. Yes, absolutely. Good question. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling in. And uh, anybody else out there, if you have anything, feel free to to jump on in the conversation. Uh, 314-241-9797. And, you know, Bob did bring up a very good point in the end, something that we do really, really well you know, here at Mosby, we've learned a lot over the years as to, you know, what I say, set the expectations, you know, know what is going to happen, what you're going to deliver or what you're going to receive. And really, so a very detailed scope of work that literally says, you know, ice and water shield at the bottom of the roof line at all the gutter lines, it says where you're going to put it. It says what the layers are. It says is it a synthetic felt paper? Is it felt paper? Is it, you know, get all that in that scope in writing, because if you ask the question, oh, well, I heard on, you know, I heard Rich on the radio. He said you should put ice and water shield, you know, in all the gutter lines. Are you going to do that? And they say, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, really, what does that mean in today's world? Does it mean they're going to do it if they bring out a subcontractor and throw them out there and set them free? Maybe it means they intend to, but it doesn't mean that they're they're necessarily going going to, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're covered if you find out that they're not, because then, you know, they might look back at the paperwork or you end up in court, bring out the paperwork. Judge says, hey, let me read this. It says nowhere anything about ice and water shield. So they were not, they didn't have to have that on there. You know, they didn't tell you they were going to. It didn't show anywhere that you paid for it. So, well, there you go. You're you're kind of on your own, you know, in getting that. So it is very important to make sure that, you know, you do your homework. To me, that's why I do what I do. That's that's who that's kind of who Scott Mosby turned me into was be the educator. Make sure people understand because it will just work out better. And in the end, and when everything's done, that everyone has the knowledge and the understanding. Don't keep anybody in the dark and let them know what you're delivering and, and how you're delivering it. And then you can choose. Then you can figure out if that is the right system and what works, you know, for you at that time because you know people they live in their their houses for different times for different lengths of times um, so they have different things that they think about and how much they really want to go so i talk to some people that are like yeah i that system sounds great but i'm only planning on being here a couple two or three years and if the other one can work and, and then i'm on my way Maybe that's what they do. You know, it's kind of the difference between do you when you're doing a full kitchen remodel, stuff like that, do you get in the walls? Do you make sure everything's right? Do you make sure nothing's happening in there? Or do you just do an, a, a cosmetic update, paint the cabinets, change the countertops, get a new sink and a faucet, and off you go. Looks great, but you don't really know what's happening behind the scenes in, in that lasting value quality and everything that's been done. So, We are going to get into our middle break here, but don't you forget my right-at-home hack, cleaning gutters, right after this. And now, here's Rich's right-at-home hack. All right, here we go. My right-at-home hack. Every week, you can find these on my social media. So, 
you have a one-story house and you want a simple way to maybe try and make sure your gutters cleaned out, cleaning out the gutters, if you do some of your own painting, this is a real simple, easy thing that, you know, get out your long painter pole, get out your, your roller handle, put an old roller on the roller handle, put it on your long extension, that handle, kind of how it's shaped and bend, and you can stand at that that 45-degree angle out and run that roller handle right inside those gutters. Just kind of push those leaves out. You'll have to kind of lift up over the brackets and start again, run, you know, two, three feet, lift over the brackets, but you can kind of flip all those leaves and debris out of that gutter right there from the ground. And if you haven't done a lot of painting, so what you can also do and to really flush them out good is, you know, buy some three-quarter inch PVC pipe, get a couple elbows, and you can actually make just a long piece of PVC, bend the elbows around, so put one, two elbows with short pieces in between, and then that'll aim it back down. You can walk right under those gutters, get a hose adapter, attach your hose to it, and just flush those gutters right out down the downspout and everything and clean them out. Easy to assemble, easy to do, right from the ground, very safe, very simple. So if you want to hear this hack or any of my weekly hacks, again, you can find them on my social media pages every week, Rich Oris Mosby for Facebook or at Rich Oris for Twitter. So we're going to get out of Facebook Live here. We'll see you guys later. Join us on 97.1 Live right now. We'll get back to the regular show. And I wanted to get into this cost versus value report for everybody because, you know, it, I did find it very interesting in the latest one they're putting out this year, you know, on, and it's been a couple years, so it's not just COVID, but in the past two or three years, there has really been a growing increase in, you know, exterior projects really bringing back a bigger return from, you know, with your home than, than other types of projects. So, and for anybody who doesn't know, so cost versus value from Remodeler Magazine, they do this report every year, and this is the 34th report they've done. Um, and, and they're finding these exterior improvement projects are really continuing to, you know, trend upward, providing the greatest return on investment for homeowners. Um, and they do this report every year, and they have several different inside and outside jobs. I think there's 22 projects total, um, and 11 out of the 12 highest projects on the list for the best return on investment are exterior home improvements, different type of exterior project. And, and actually at the top of the list is one of the, the simplest, a garage door um, is, is number one in siding, you know, and number two in windows. Um, so going through, you know, all these outside um, projects um, and then a kitchen facelift is on that list up there with those exterior projects. But, you know, looking at what, what happens, what drives this, you know, what, what influences, you know, these costs um, and, and the trend of exterior replacements, you know, has really been accelerated, obviously, in the past year because of COVID and people reluctant to have workers, you know, inside their homes. 
Um, but, you know, when we look at the actual data, we track this data of what's most popular and how, you know, it, it really grows. So there's 22 common remodeling projects that they look at the different types. And some of them, they look at even different types of far as, you know, like a mid-grade upgrade or a high-end upgrade because there's definitely different material cost. Um, and when you look at these exterior projects, how the, the cost has grown, you know, especially for, you know, decking, pressure-treated, framing lumber, you know, starting last year, summer last year, all the way to now and again this year is really, you know, bringing, it's kind of bringing the amount of the return you can get down because the cost of these projects are really growing because of these materials. Like I was talking about, you know, the wall sheeting for the siding job being four or five times, you know, the cost. So, you know, a look at these yearly trends um, show that the project costs have have risen consistently since 2014. But what I, what I kind of question and find really interesting is kind of in the middle of that in the past decade, there was a decline of 3.7% in a couple years where the cost of these remodeling jobs actually, they say went down and then back up. So they were up, they went down just a hair, and now they're really starting to rise because of COVID and, and the materials and everything going on. But, so, you know, what I really look at is when you look at the economy, when you look at things that are going on, and when you look at the time frame like 2012, 13, 14, when this decline was, you know, how, I haven't seen a lot of construction go down. I don't remember or didn't notice, like, jobs just costing less but because of economic times and things that were happening around those years and because of the housing market, the housing market isn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't growing. Like right now, the housing market's up, so costs are up, remodeling's up, everything goes up with it. So, you know, what I noticed during those times was um, not necessarily a decline in price, but maybe people chose to do less on the same types of projects. Maybe they chose materials that weren't quite up there. You know, maybe they chose a laminate countertop over granite because they wanted their new kitchen, and they can always change that countertop later years down the road, maybe if they want to upgrade and make it even better. So they were, you know, doing things to keep those projects down. You know, the the things that bring them down is how much of the work, you know, maybe they, they had a a little bar area between the living room and the kitchen. And they didn't, they didn't touch that portion. They just did the kitchen. So the cost of that kitchen came down or maybe they simplified materials or left the same floor. They were okay with it and came up with a way to, you know, the, the new layout plays with the same floor very well. Well, then you can, now you don't have flooring in that job. So maybe that's helped keep some of these costs down. So there's ways of bringing these costs down, you know, during these projects, but, you know, looking at how they figure this stuff out and, and what they, you know, they focus on and focusing on, you know, the home sale price. So what, what they do, they, they look at these particular remodeling projects and how they add to the sale price of the home. Um, so when they look at the value data in this report, you know, deliver it was the way it was brought prior years, 
they, they have surveys that they give these real estate professionals and they ask them to rate the projects and how they affect the sale of a home. So again, you know, I, I question this stuff because I'm like, that's, that's great. I can see these projects help the sale of a home, but what truly got them to the amount that they were at, you know, cause they're trying to figure out if you remodeled your kitchen, how much of that price increase was because of that kitchen remodel. And that shows how much you got back. Well, you know, if they did multiple remodeling projects or if they ignored an area of the home. So maybe you got this great new kitchen, but your exterior needs work and now you're ready to move. So maybe you're not getting as much for that kitchen because the exterior is actually kind of bringing down the value, you know, of everything overall. So let's say you got a house that's worth $250,000. You put a $100,000, really nice, great kitchen into this thing, and your house sells for $300,000. Does that necessarily mean that you got a 50% return, $50,000 was strictly from that, that kitchen? Or did you do something to the exterior or did you not get as much as you should from that kitchen because your exterior needs work? Maybe if your exterior was different, you would have got, you know, 325. So, you know, to me, what I'm saying is this is good information for everybody, right? It's good to know. It's good to understand, but you have to take it all with a grain of salt because this is imperfect. And, you know, one of the things they even talk about is the location of your home. Like, and think of real estate agents, location, location, location. That is what everything is absolutely all about. Well, now they're breaking this report down so you can look into the different zip codes and you can see some of the information even within those metro areas. So, you know, really good thing to do and really good information because your zip code obviously matters on the value and the return of that investment of your home Sometimes maybe even more, but I also think when you look at these exterior projects and why they're growing and why there's so much of a good return, I mean, think about what's the first thing people see when they come to your house to buy it. You know, you got to have that first impression. You got to have that first look. You know, that curb appeal means absolutely so much. So that can be more than just discretionary projects like bathrooms and kitchens and other things that they, they really like. But if you don't get to see that kitchen or that bathroom because you just had a bad look or you didn't like the way the house looked on the outside of the home, well, then there you go. You know, you're just not going to get as much. So you got to think about the maintenance and the, the commonality of all these projects around the whole house to, to try and really balance this stuff out. So we are going to get into our final break right now. We'll have plenty of this when we get back and or if you've got one call, one question you want to sneak in here, go ahead, give us a call, 314-241-9797, and I'll be right back after this. All right, we're back. Final segment, flying through like we always do. Absolutely love it. Um, I want to thank Bob for his roofing comment question about uh, – getting roofs right? Are they building them right? Um, it's very, very important. And, you know, let's get into the top, one of the topics that, you know, no one really likes to talk about. Um, a lot of people get kind of agitated. There's even things with it that kind of drives me crazy at times where, you know, I, I've, 
I've been doing this a long time, longer than I probably want to admit, but, you know, I built some stuff probably 30 years ago that is still standing today, and it didn't meet a lot of our existing right now local zoning and coding information of what they're requiring today, but it still looks good. It's still standing. It still functions. Like I said, the, the lady citing, you know, lasted from 1975, but they wouldn't let you put it on without that anymore today in, in how you build it. So, you know, looking at the residential zoning and coding, you know, a lot of the the things that we have to go through, you know, doing, doing a, a project may seem like this fantasy come true that this is awesome. You know, let's wave a wand and bam, magically you've got this new beautiful area. It just works. But, you know, when reality sets in, there's many more things behind these scenes and the rules that we have to follow than you get to see like on HGTV when they go through. And, and you know, one of my favorite HGTV things is when, they, when they're demoing a kitchen and then the designer says, all right, look, they're tearing everything out. Let's go pick out your cabinets. And I'm like, okay, wow, it takes like six or eight weeks to get cabinets. So... That can't, you know, they're, they're not, it's not normal what they're showing and it's not really what happens in the real world out here for all of us. So there's, there's a lot of important steps, you know, in securing proper zoning approval and the building permits that are required in, in different municipalities for a job. Um, permits must be pulled in order to start construction um, and the scheduling of any inspections. So, you know, a lot of DIYers often struggle with this, trying to get it done on their own, um, all that stuff. So that's why, you know, here at Mosby, we handle all this stuff for our clients. We have a team of drafters and architects that are aware of all these codes and everything that needs to happen and, and are used to working in different municipalities. So, you know, in St. Louis, St. Louis County alone has 92 municipalities, okay? And that is not even including some of those in the entire metro area. Um, so, and most of these municipalities have adopted what we call or what the book is, the 2015 IRC, the, the International Residential Code is what it's called, but they can all you know, make their own kind of like these new amendments or policies that they can adopt it at any time, you know, that they feel like it or any piece of it that they feel like saying we need to overachieve at this or, you know, something like that. So, you know, that that IRC has been updated to include a lot of clarifications as well as a lot of additional requirements um, some, some of these examples, there's some structural requirements for wind loads. Um, that's kind of the one that, that hits me the most in how I can, can frame something. Um, it's a lot different than how I framed it when I was in the field years ago, and we can't always have as much visible glass and things like that. So it really kind of changes the designing of these projects when we're when we're showing and telling people, yeah, but this is what we need to do, you know, today. So there's some additional structural framing requirements, um, for, for, for the windows, for walls of windows. Um, there's some deck requirements, um, 
like how they tie it to the floor structure um, is very different than when I was building decks in, in, in the nineties and stuff like that. There's a lot more better secure ways to really tie, you know, a deck, not just into the outside of the house or the band board, but into the floor joist to really make sure. And, and, you know, they've come up with some of these because of decks collapsing, you know, who wants to be on a deck when it collapses and that is typically where that happens, you know? So if a permit is required, the chances are then you will need to update your smoke detectors now to meet these current codes. And I want to remind everybody out there too, you know, it is the responsibility of the remodeling or construction company to know and understand when permits are required. It is not up to the homeowner. It is the requirements and the responsibility of that, that company. So if you've ever heard someone say, well, I mean, do you want us to pull permits? Cause you know, it's up to you. Well, it's not. If you're getting into something inside a wall changing anything in the rough, any kind of structural, anything. There's so many things that, that trigger this. If, you, if you're not going to get to see it later, it absolutely has to have a permit. So the, so the newer code in the smoke detectors is, you know, they need to be hardwired on their own circuit and they all need to be interconnected. So, and they, they want them everywhere in the bedrooms, in the hallway, on the main floor, in the unfinished and the finished portions of a basement. So you might need two or three, you know, just for a basement. And then on each level, there should be at least one carbon monoxide detector. One of those should do both fire and carbon monoxide on each level, somewhere centralized in those areas. So now you need to be protected by that. Um, one of the one of the the newer ones to me was some windows. So so window opening control devices are now required at the bottom of window openings that are within 24 inches of the floor. So or if they're more than 72 inches above the ground outside. So you know a a window opening control device basically blocks you from opening the window 100%. It's an anti-child fall out the window type of thing is, is why this happens. It will only let you open the window four inches. And if you want it open more than that, then there's a device where you have to, it has to have two functions where you can then open that window fuller. So you like hit it with your thumb and your forefinger or something and, and make it where that window can open more but, you know, there's all these different rules. So foundations, there's a lot more steel reinforcement in, you know, larger footings and things like that. So there is a lot going on in, in these codes and how we have to build and what we have to do. And this too, like, you know, talking about that cost versus value. Well, when you need more, more steel in your footings, when you need more framing and you need more secure things, that drives the cost also. It's, you know, now we're performing more. There's more going into it. It's built better. It will last longer for you. So you have to think about, and this is why I'm always urging people to, you know, when, when you're thinking so much about that return on investment, you know, do these projects for you so that they work for your family, so that they keep you happy and so that you really like and enjoy what you have and then stay in your home for that lasting value, be there, love it, have a good time in it, 
And so if you get a 60% return on your investment, but you were there 10 years or more and you had a really good time with it, then, you know, more of that 40% went to what you would have bought anyways, your pleasure, how you enjoyed your home, all of that stuff. So, you know what? If you need any help with any of this, I invite you to get with Mosby. Give us a call, 314-909-1800 or callmosby.com. I am at the end here. You can find all that information on there. But I want to thank Bob for calling. I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to let you all know to have a good week. And I will look forward to talking to everybody next week. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.